Welcome to a brand new episode of the Internet's Most Hated Mafia-Themed Geek Podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the Reverend Godfather, the show's main host and frontman. I am also known as the Martinsburg Madman over on the Podcast of Darkness, hosted by Sasha, the Princess of Darkness herself. And if things work properly this time around, knock on wood, we will get this episode out to you on time this week, unlike last week. I hope you did listen to last week's episode and the bonus episode that we did put out. If not, follow the links down in the description down below to listen to those episodes. No rush. We'd be happy to do so. Don't forget, we do have a GoFundMe up and running to help us offset some co- some of the costs of upgrading and getting new or newish equipment so if you want to help out with that again the links are in the description now down below but but as stated we have a brand new episode for you and in this in essence repost we have a couple of things that we're going to be talking about this week one of which is the upcoming babylon 5 reboot movies that are in the works supposedly yes i'm using air quotes on a audio podcast we also get into a little bit of the evil dead rise controversy that is kind of out there right now even though the video the movie is just came on voodoo and other streaming services we also talk about the upcoming fnaf movie that's in development but i think it's universal studios and a whole lot more so stick around we have a lot to talk about i hope you enjoy this podcast tonight And don't forget, we have the updates on the other side of this repost slash reboot episode. Almost forgot. Dave, cue the music! Shock and Terror! With Sasha, the Princess of Darkness, and Chris, the Martinsburg Madman, in Sasha After Dark, the Podcast of Darkness Reboot. Ignore the man behind the mask. He is not the great powerful Oz. <laughs> no, that's what I they ever realized. Was. Was his name he has ever... more money than I do. Was his name ever really Oz? Did they ever say who Oz's real name was? Maybe in that, uh, I think it was like 2013. Okay. 2014 type of ordeal with... Uh, Mila Curtis or whatever the heck her name is, who plays Meg on Family Guy. Oh, Mila Kunis. Yeah, Mila Kunis. I think in that they might have given him a name, but I don't know. If since we are recording, folks at home, leave a comment down below in the comment section and let us know if you are an Oz fan. That way we could find out more. And if you have a fan theory, also let us know. We'd be happy to discuss it on the show. Yeah. Please comment, like, subscribe, and obey. <laughs> Never. <laughs> anyway. Ah, Lumser, I'm bored. What plaything do you have to offer me today? Again, with the weird folks out of the SK system, man. Something called, once again, called nostalgia. 
Uh, are they out of Florida again? No. Uh, I wish it was. Florida's been quiet. I might have to look into... Too quiet. <laughs> too quiet. I might have to look into several areas that have been loud in a few past weeks. But still, uh, it's also has something a little bit might be obscure, Matt. Uh, something known as Baby Babylon 5? Ah, uh, well, you can along lose, the line. You can lose your mask. No boom today. Okay. Something along the lines of no boom today, boom yep. tomorrow. Always a boom tomorrow. I know a lot of obscure quotes from Babylon 5. I am such an old school fan of that. It's JMS has been is one of those folks. I as a writer, he he's been around for many years. He's done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's done Ghostbusters. He's done done so much in the past. He and plus he's done written a lot of wonderful comics. Um, I wish I could get the real digital books for Babylon. Yeah, uh, I wish I had the digital books for Babylon Five for my the Kindle app. Uh, I did check Uncle Tony, and uh, he doesn't know where any of those are. So, um, but still, there's been rumors around for a reboot or a continuation for years. I don't mean since 2018. I think since like 2010, there's been rumors. Uh, and it's always been yes, no, maybe, yes, no, maybe. Uh, but in the past, I want to say two to three weeks, there has been several several news bits of news coming out. One of which is as per a TV series that was supposed to be secured by the CW, that's no go because the CW currently released their fall schedule and, and Babylon 5 as a series has not popped up. So a lot of speculation in regards to what's going on is still up in the air. Uh, but right now, CW is nothing. And so far, as, in regards to that, uh, Arrowverse is gone. Uh, so is uh, Superman and Lois. Uh, the Winchesters and Supernaturalverse is gone. All that. And even the Powerpuff Girls are is out of development. But with Babylon 5, one thing that it has been kind of confirmed is a animated movie and or at least one of several animated movies that are coming out recently or will be coming out hopefully soon and i should say that are in the works at least what where they'll be dropping whether it be paramount hbo cw uh i haven't seen hbo i haven't seen word as of yet but and folks what you see if because we are recording this, I'm just getting my notes because I want the cast list. What several fans, if you're a Babylon 5 fan, you're going to say, what's going to happen? Several cat. If you haven't seen the article, some of you might be asking, several of their OG cast has passed, sadly passed away. Mm-hmm. And who's going to make up for those losses? I'll say this. They, let me, some of the folks I don't know that has one name that I recognize that I am proud to see as a member of this list. And, but 
there are returning cast members. Before I get into the cast, I know it's a little bit of ADHD for me, but uh, from what folks have been saying that are working on this, both cast members and JMS himself, is that these movies are going to kind of fill in holes in the series. They're going to be kind of additions. They're not going to be, they're going to be separate stories, but they're going to fill in holes. Meaning like if uh, between seasons five and uh, three and four, there were six months, this is going to fill in a few holes or fill in a couple of gaps that fans might not know. But in regards to the voice actors for the animated series movies, um, Bruce Boxlander is uh, going to return as John Sheridan. Claudia Christians will return as Susan Ivanova. Peter Jurassic is going to be returning as Londo Malari. Bill Mummy is going to return as Lanier. Tracy Soggins as Elizabeth Lockley. That's and Moomy, Patricia Tallman. The what? Bill Moomy. Moomy. Uh, to him, so sorry. Do not send me to the cornfield. Uh, folks, if you got that reference, good for you. Uh, <laughs> We're just to the planet with the carrot rebellion. Uh, I was going Twilight Zone. I was going lost in space. <laughs> both va- both were valid references. <laughs> and Patricia Tallman as Lita Alexandra. But the to replace some of the folks that might not be returning or have deceased, uh, Paul Guyette, I know I'm probably uh, mispronouncing his name, he's going to be voicing Zathras and replacing... Um, being the voice actor for Jeffrey Sinclair, the original actor who played Jeffrey has passed away due to health concerns. Uh, Anthony Hansen is going to be Michael Garibaldi. Again, another person who passed away due to health concerns. Um, Mara Junot is going to be uh, a reporter and the computer voice. I don't know about the, the original voice of the computer on the show. Now, here's the familiar uh, uh, person returning or filling in a gap, and that's voice at, legendary voice actor Phil Lamar. Everybody knows Phil Lamar in the voice yeah. act. Uh, I'm ha- this was one of the, like, oh, man, this is going to be ep- kind of epic. And he's going to be voicing Dr. Stephen Franklin. Again, another person who uh, it didn't come up in the show, but – the person that played Dr. Franklin was also hearing impaired, not fully, but he did have hearing issues. And I think depending on which platform this appears on, I'm going to say it like this. He might've passed away due to health concerns or unaliving himself, but I'm not fully sure. So let's just say health concerns for uh, general aspects, but um, still for Lamar. Yeah. And P I O T R, Piotr, Peter, uh, Michael Piotr, is going to yeah. be voicing uh, voicing David Sheridan. It's like Peter, but it's got like a da- weird like, Russian accent. I think David Sheridan is supposed to be, at least show wise, uh, in the show that uh, Sincl- uh, Sheridan and uh, they don't have her listed. Oh my god, the she play. Uh, it's like uh, Andrea Margo's Andrew Margo's gonna be Jacquard. That's big Phil. Um, choose to Phil, and here it is. Uh, Delenn. 
Uh, Rebecca Reedy is going to be voicing Delenn. Uh, another, as a sci-fi crush, uh, Delenn was a, if you ever seen the folks, Delenn was a very strong character. She was like a uh, sci-fi alien crush for me. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Sorry. Don't hate me. <laughs> you can but, do whatever you want, man. <laughs> as long as they ain't 90% plastic like some people. Uh, no. Next week. Next week. Um, we don't have time. We want to try to keep this, uh, I won't say family friendly, but we will, let's save something for next week, folks. That way it brings in more video, uh, things. <laughs> but, um, uh, and the thing is for a hint, I could go full Fay and know her name and I'll drop her real name on next week's episodes. How about them apples? I would, I would folks. If you dare me to drop her real name next week. Give us likes and comments down below and hit that subscribe button depending on your platform. Do you How about that? No. And just as the another muffin teaser, man? Just, just as another teaser that there's a lot of people who think her pseudonym is her real name and the geek inside of me just goes seriously and then I realize, oh yeah, we have a whole generation that didn't come up in the 80s and watch a certain TV series. Let me put it like that. <laughs> Let Hit the like. Let's say again. Hit the like button. Hit the uh, subscribe button. Leave comments down below because it helps everybody's algorithms all all around. I'm not sure since this initially drop drops on the OnlyPan site uh, first first, but uh, in the other platforms ranging from the uh, audio side to like the <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have clips to make and put up, but. <laughs> I think I'm just going to send you raw a video, too. <laughs> uh, I I have the connection with my laptop's thing. I might just subscribe to your thing and just download it that way. Um, if I find out who you are, you'll get a free sub. Uh, I like Subway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that your I'll, user handle? No. <laughs> I like Subway. <laughs> I like so you said free sub. I gotta be innocent in regards to that. I like Subway. But oh no, yeah, this is gonna be done by Warner Brothers Animation. So that's why I might be dropping on HBO. Uh as you said, HBO Max. Yes, HBO. Or whatever whatever it's being called now. But again, for those of you out there that love the DC animated series, yeah. <laughs> um Warner Brothers Animation, if you love the DC animated movies, you know how good and epic they could be. So therefore, Warner Brothers Animation taking the reins and you have, a, at least for the most part, a good voice cast, a good writer, and a good creator and all that, you're going to have something that could be completely epic and go way beyond than what and some of the replacement the casts that you had for the people that had passed, they're regulars on other animated stuff at Warner Brothers done for voice acting. So, well, the only one I recognize is Phil Lamar. And, yes. you know, props to that because I know we both know he's done a, over the past, let's say, 20 years, he's done a very wonderful job voicing a wide range of characters. Didn't he voice regards Stewart? In, um, yes. Okay. Yes, he voiced the Green Lantern in uh, the Justice Justice League series and uh, Justice 
Justice Justice League Unlimited, and plus he was, he was Samurai Jack. a couple of times too. Uh he might have been. Plus he was uh, Samurai Jack, and uh, he voiced uh, Static Shock. He's he did he's been a yes. So when that episode came in, he was doing double. Oh well, no, because John Stewart wasn't Green Lantern then. I was going to say when was a, he was, they had they had. They had Terry, Batman of the Future, Batman Beyond. Oh, he did a, both. He did he double had duty. A static crossover with older static. And he might have done du- double duty. He might have done. Du- he might have done triple there. duty because you figure right. an older static, younger static. Any of the people he may have voiced for Batman Beyond plus Justice League. Right, I can work. So I mean, he he's very talented, talented, and a nice guy to meet, and. Sorry, so, that just blew my mind because I'm like, whoa. Because like there are times when I'm watching like old Transformers cartoons and I'm sitting there like there are an awful lot of times when Peter Cullen was just sitting and talking to himself. If there's a conversation between Ironhide and Optimus, it's just Peter Cullen talking into two different microphones. <laughs> you have to figure there's been a lot of shows, even out now you have a lot of shows that Voice actors do that from Family Guy to South Park are the two primarily big shows out there that do that. Welker was used constantly on stuff. Just making reference to the the modern kids out there that might be not as old as we are. But yeah, we're old. (laughs) We got a lot of nostalgia and we both like a lot of obscure sci-fi and horror. That, yeah. that's out there. And what was funny is is because, you know, we were talking Babylon 5. I've only, I, I know I'm going to have my nerd and geek. I've only watched a couple episodes because at the time, if I'm not mistaken, you had other shows like Farscape playing and you also had Firefly and a couple of other shows around that late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. Those when, were my attention. When Babylon 5 was ending, you had Fars- Farscape also starting to hit its stride and go down. You had uh, sliders. Firefly, Sliders, that, uh, then you had uh, also uh, Stargate gearing up to hit, hit its st- stride. That was uh, Vitamin I, C, FYI. Uh, for me, <laughs> I credit uh, Babylon 5 being that one of the juggernauts of the mid, mid to late 90s because with the success, because you had a lot of uh, shows out there that try to come out as syndication. And during that time, you had one juggernaut out there, one Star Trek. That was it. And if you couldn't compete, that was it. Everybody, there were a lot of shows like Precinct 51 or 54 or something like that, that um, it was like this space cop show mm-hmm. that tried to hit it, but it didn't work. I think it lasted a season or two and it just fell by the wayside. I remember seeing it on, it, it aired at like 1 a.m. when I was living in down in Florida. Uh, so that might have hurt ratings in some areas. A very, in, I, I know, tangent, hashtag tangent, but like the other day, I was watching this old, obscure, like late 80s, early 90s, like sci fi show. And, like, the lead actor kept going, like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. And it hit me like a ton of bricks 
because I just had rewatched some um, Red Dwarf. And yeah. I saw episodes where Creighton's out of makeup playing another character. I'm like, holy fuck, the motherfucker's Creighton. And I kind of think of the, the obscure show I was watching. It like popped up on Tubi or one of those oddball free channels. And I was and it, drawn in because I didn't recognize him. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is, that happened to me uh, back in 07. I was watching it. it the Sci-Fi Channel was doing a thing on one of Neil Gaiman's books and he voiced a character on that and i'm sitting with my ex and i hear the voice and there's supposed to be this like little uh sphinx that's about supposed to be the size of a house cat yeah i'm like that's Crichton. she's like what i'm like that's Crichton, red dwarf and she's like what i'm like oh god i was like i have to show you some dvds but then again uh, we're talking about a person that I'm lucky that she knew, knew about Futurama. Uh, outside of that, nothing. I think one day I even scored to her. I went up to, you'd get the reference. I went, you never learn, do you? And <laughs> you got the reference. <laughs> you got the reference. <laughs> Thank God you got the reference. Uh, but uh, folks that might be listening to uh on the audio side, I made a uh, an H on my forehead, uh, but that's the aspect of it. But Babylon 5, when it came out, when Warner Brothers did the whole PTEN network, which had Babylon 5, uh, like time, like a time traveler type of show and Kung Fu the Re- Legends Legend Continues, which I like, by the way. It's good, uh, but it's odd. Uh, it's odd, uh, yeah. Uh, I watched those three, and it kind of with the six. The only three, I, one that I, was ex- I secretly like the Crow Stairway to Heaven, <laughs> but Babylon Five was the success, and it kind of made that crack in the armor that was Star Trek. And from there, you also had starting to gain popularity was Hercules, the legendary, you know, legendary legend continues. <laughs> Uh, with Bruce Campbell, and with that, the we'll TV movies being a, yeah, with the TV movies being a success, led to the series Hercules: The Le- Legend Continues, which led to Xena coming out as a success, which led to Buffy being coming out as a kind of a success, and Charmed coming out at. So you had a lot of these successful uh, shows come out in syndication before they went to quite possibly network TV. Mm-hmm. I say that because Babylon 5 came, ended up in TNT. I think Charmed went on the WB for a little while. And then it became the CW um, and God knows which what. Which came to CW. But that's my point. You had These were fan, fan favorites for four years, seven years, you know, consecutively. And were they cheesy? Yeah, they were. Babylon 5 was a kind of ahead of its time with effects and storytelling. Um, Hercules and Xena were just cheese fest, mm-hmm. but fans loved it. So was probably Charmed. So was, you know, it led to kind of a new, rena- I won't say a new renaissance, but it led to a new, whole new aspect on how that Star Trek was no longer the 
powerhouse in the syndicated TV show aspect, it, there were now options for everybody to get into. So, and not to mention, it kind of led, uh, gave a little bit of success to Farscape and stuff being on Farscape, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis, and stuff that was airing on the Sci Fi Channel. But Sci Fi Channel kind of screwed the pans a lot. <laughs> But that's a whole nother rant for another day. But see, but, like, with, with the whole Babylon 5 thing, because, like, I kept hearing rumblings about it, and it's, it's weird, because this is how obscure I get. Like, when I saw J. Michael Straczynski's name popping up all over the place, I was like, oh my god, are we finally, finally getting a continuation of Jason the Wheeled Warriors? Yes, please! And if you don't know what Jason the Wheeled Warriors is, please check out one of... The shows I was involved with previously known as The Taurus of Terror presents the Saturday Morning Serial Killers. If you have no clue who Jace or Wheeled Warrior is, you may have vague recollections of the toys, but the characters in the show really had nothing to do with the toys, and J. Michael Straczynski just went wild with whatever he wanted. And so you'll get these little guys in little orange jumpers with all the toys. Yeah, they're not the main characters. And you get uh, the little brain guys that fit inside the brain vehicles. But they're not the main bad guys. The show just uses the vehicles, and then outside of that, it's its own wonderful, weird mix of fantasy and sci-fi, and just J. Michael must have been sitting around just smoking, and snorting. He's got either he's smoking or snorting, or either way, he's got one hell of a brain inside, creative brain inside of him. There was psychics, a flying fucking fish. Magicians, <laughs> a magic ring, <laughs> plant monsters, <laughs> and none of that was in the toy line. None of it. It's like Jay. It's like, what the hell were you taking, Jay? Like, what the Jay, hell were you taking? Well, did you have what? a bunch of scripts ready, and you just like <laughs> screw it? I'm just going to add the vehicles, and that's all I need. <laughs> it's like dude what the hell are you smoking what the hell is this i don't know what it is but i'm watching it yeah if you get a chance watch it and then look up the commercials for the old toys for the wheeled warriors they weren't even called jace because i bet a lot of kids will who the fuck is jace what's this guy that okay the vehicles are there there and there but who are the rest of these people what's going on (laughs) probably back in the 80s or when it was airing if i did watch i'd be like i don't care i want one but it's great. Um, right. The show had some brilliant writing. You had like a missing dad and a magical ring and just and crazy <laughs> sci-fi and stop and swap vehicles with counter in, interchangeable parts. It, it was wild. It was a different time. Oh, we, live. It, yeah, we didn't care as kids. We just wanted cereal and Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly. So. Before we get into what's next on our show's docket, as usual, it's time for a dramatic pause. So, as you know, you are presently listening to Sasha After Dark, the podcast of darkness, a reboot. And I, of course, am Sasha Constantine Monroe, a.k.a. Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. Uh, your hostess here, and I've got my sidekick here, the madman out of Martinsburg himself. Christopher Lumser, also of the Long Coat Mafia Podcast, where a lot of our stuff can be found if you don't want to pay for an OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, that's right. I am Chris, uh, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. the Reverend Godfather of the Long Cut Mafia podcast. So we are found on So what's on the whole Stavros thing about? Because I know what? about name Stavros. Stavros? Yeah, like your one email. When we mm. log in this stuff, is it Starvos? I have no clue. You have to look at it. I'll send you stuff later. It just confuses the hell out of me because I'm like, where'd Starvos come from? Oh, if you, that's one of the things that uh, when you, if you look up GoFundMe, folks, oh. I have a GoFundMe right now to uh, uh, help offset costs of a new laptop and some new equipment. Uh, if I get the, uh, pretty much the goal I'm asking, I can get a brand new computer and some extras for the show, my end of things um, and help transfer stuff from my old computer to the new computer. But if it goes beyond that, it helps offset other costs or depending on how much over it gets, I might get a, let's say best case scenario, $1,300 total. I'll get a pawn shop find and I'll have a laptop to go that way if i go on events or to events to cover like a four state or what have you i have a laptop in my bag to go but uh what sasha is talking about if you google uh gofundme salvos is one of the it's like an ad they pay to be that top ad no, it, no, 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 no. Since you and I share certain passwords and emails and logons, your one account, Voodoo, has Starvos in the beginning of it. Starvos? As I, what? I send it to you later. I think it's part of your email or your one email that for your login. I I know for my Voodoo, it's um, my other Gmail. Yeah. And it's the uh roster uh the roster rev chris maybe that's okay. what you yeah um my eyes catch on the very tail end of it um maybe that's what you were picking up and folks uh quick fun history regards to that email uh it came from some somebody on xbox live party i was playing like call of duty or something like that or halo this is uh i want to say over 10 years, over 15 years ago. And I don't know what the guy was smoking, taking or whatever. He's like, oh, you sound like you're a Rastafarian. You sound like you're from Jamaica. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, whatever. And when it came time to change up my email and because I am on internet ordained, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to own it and just call myself the Rasta Rev and i inserted my name in it there so it go. was just and i like i knew there was a funny story there yeah yeah so uh, if you and, want to submit art of listening to just his voice of a rastafarian version of chris we will gladly accept it yeah <laughs> and, and i'll post it up that to the Mark show's instagram, instagram too and i'll post it up rule, rule 34 no rule 34 no rule 30 wait a minute i the show does have an OnlyFans. Send Rule 34. I'll start posting it to my, my show's OnlyFans. And any funds I get from that, I'll put towards getting new equipment. <laughs> Chris so, is a Rastafarian. 
Hashtag Rastafarian. Rastafarian. <laughs> but um, I'm willing to I'll, I'm willing to roll with it. Uh, I I know my I'm not knocking Sasha with this. My OG co-host would say, "If you do it, do it, do it. If you'll help Offset, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> do it. We'll make T-shirts. It. It'll be his regular logo for this show." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll make T-shirts. As a matter of fact, I uh, we know uh, we we both have some. We me and Tasha run in the same circles a lot of the times. And let me put it like this: we've been threatening to make a shirt in regards to Matt Burns for the past six years since uh, uh, Mel. I think it was Melfest. I think it was called Halloween. Uh, Melloween. Yeah, uh, something happened at Melloween. Uh, like six years ago and it involved it was something funny that happened with funny good that happened with matt uh and me and my og co-host have been making fun of him regards to it every now and again for the past six years (laughs) we've let it die the thing the funny thing is we let it die and matt brings it back So, and we're like, one thing if you ever want to torture him on, and I used to do this to him all the time. um, A couple years back, I was watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and there's an episode where Bernie Burnside, the station manager where April works, gets a girlfriend. And every time she's in a scene with him, oh, Bernie, every time he, anytime we would see him, we would say that. So, either way, uh, because this is on, we've kind of mentioned me having a GoFundMe. Uh, Sasha has the link, or please, uh, anything helps. We already have a $50 donation in, uh, thanks to Jennifer on from Black Dog Coffee. She's been the Long Coat Mafia's uh, official, unofficial, official sponsor, non-sponsor. Official, uh, official. Uh, uh, because every non, time non, 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 So, uh, because every now and again, it's like, how are you doing it? Chris, here's a bag of coffee. You know, like, like let me pay. Like, I don't care here. <laughs> so, um, she's done that every now. She doesn't do it often, but I'll, she's one of the few local business owners I'm more than willing to support when I have the funds. And she's a super sweet. She's a musician and everything else. And I love meeting with her and seeing how she's doing. So, but either way, what's next on the docket, Sasha? Okay, so, uh, since we talked about, I think, was it last episode we touched on Evil Dead some? Or yeah, something like that. Yeah, either that it or... Might, something like that. Uh, it might have been last week, because okay. we talked on Evil Dead. Because uh, the title of my last week's episode was when we talked about the, uh, the evil, when Evil Dead, I think I put it, titled the episode, when Evil Dead Rise, we talked about Dead Island 2. So, yes, it, might, it was last week. Yes. So, um, Evil Dead Rise now is a little bit more available to people because um, most of its the theater run has pretty much concluded because we got a lot of big ticket films coming in the cinemas right now. You got Guardians 3 out, everything else. So, obviously, HBO Max, since it was a Warner Brothers film this go around, I mean, man, that license has changed hands so many times. But um, Warner Brothers has it available now through Voodoo, and I almost guarantee at some point it'll be on HBO Max before you know it, if right. it's not already. Um, but anyways, 
um, since it's more accessible. Some people have had the time because there are people who want to find controversy where there's controversy or where there's no controversy. Right. You know, and and to me, it's like, I, I don't get it, but okay. Um, so the actor that plays Danny in the movie, who is the DJ, who, um, spoilers, spoiler warning now, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Danger, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But um, anyways, Danny, the, um, I want to say middle child. Because I'm guessing that Bridget is older than Danny because there's kind of a, well, maybe you should learn to drive as if Bridget should have been driving before Danny. That would be my assumption, but I could be wrong. I thought Danny was the older child, but I, we, I I could be wrong. I I somehow see him as the middle child because he's a little bit closer to the youngest one, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but regardless um anyways um danny he's in he's a dj the earthquake happens the parking garage opens up and there's a hidden vault in there he's you know he's the one that finds the records and the book the records and then and necrocomicon or necronomicon one of three one of three and from there hilarity Yes, and basically he's kind of the one that causes everything to go to pot, and no, he doesn't survive. And the fact that the character might be trans is never mentioned, or is it... Right, and that's the thing, and the thing is, that's what I, um, this time, when I told you, that was like three days ago, something like that, two, three, three days ago, that it came across my desk, my feed, prior to it hitting Sasha's feet. And whereas uh, in correlation. Red ran an article about it recently. And I'm like, oh, well, that's nice, but it's... It's like one of the things... But what I'm trying to say is it wasn't like um, uh, back in December when Hellraiser came out, you're the one that told me that person playing the priestess was trans as well. Jamie Clayton. And, and this was just like the reverse. Like, yeah, I'm hearing all this controversy right now about Evil Dead Rise. And you're like, I think you're like, what's happening now? I'm like, well, apparently one of the people, one of the role, people playing one of the characters and it was trans. Yeah. Was and, Danny. and Danny. And to me, it was like, I didn't know. I didn't realize. You my people, like, it wasn't brought up. It wasn't like it was shoved down everybody's plot. throat. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, essential. It just, you know, there. But and at- the the as I like to call them, the anti woke people that are out there, even though the people that they call woke never use the phrase woke unless we're talking about them. <laughs> but it, it's not has it's latched not on like, to this. Depending on this is where again me and Sasha might separate ways for a lot of times on where we this is this is one of those prime examples where we're on the same page a lot of time and where we could also go beyond separate ends of the spectrum a lot of times where I'm not completely like you shouldn't be trans and being you know part of a movie I'm not that type of motherfucker. Right, and but, I get where a lot of people were saying, oh, well, this trans character's in their teens, and it's supporting medical transition during... Te- well, the actor isn't in their teens, first and foremost. Secondly, they don't 
do treatment like that until you're 18. Um, you sometimes can get blockers and they've been proven not to cause any harm. Um, but the problem of it is, is, is again, there's a panel of doctors, a panel of therapists, a panel of psychologists. And, you can even and the thing that. is, if this character, uh, let's say the character in this movie is 17. Yeah. And driving, which is in a lot of states, 16, 17. the minimum 16, like 16, 17, most states anyway. There is nothing stopping a person who might identify, who might have been born a f uterus carrying woman. A fab, to be short. And, uh, and wanting to become transition to a man and vice versa. Yes. There's uh, nothing wrong with that. And when they become a legal adult, start taking the medicine and all that um but then again you have each state might be different if you are can be seen seen as a consenting adult at 16 per se uh i'm not a lawyer i do not play one on tv right. so therefore there could be some leniencies if there were an age of consent is so i again not a lawyer i don't pretend to be one but one again on if someone i'll play one on tv but if someone wants at 17 is feeling uncomfortable with themselves internally or don't, if they are a born at birth woman and they feel like a, a male and at 17 they want to identify and dress and so forth and so on as that, uh, again, I see nothing wrong with that. Right. But so if somebody's assigned female at birth, birth, AFAB, just to be simple, um, and the thing of it is, is at the end of the day, the movie doesn't talk it about any of that. Doesn't cover that, right? And just like with uh, the Hellraiser movie, it didn't uh, like say, "Hey, uh, look at me, I'm trans," or "Hey, right. we're shoving this down." The there is there is an that... Easter egg. If you dig, it's there. Um, I encourage everybody to watch it. I'm not going to dig it up here, but do dig. Hence, I want more views on that because I want a sequel. Um, but there is an Easter egg in Hellraiser. There's nothing like that in Evil Dead Rise. Not only that, but Evil Dead Rise is an R-rated movie. And it's a hard R. You know, right. it's so hard, even but pirates are afraid of it. Sasha knows what I'm talking about. It's like, it's not really present. It's not pushed. Like, with Evil Dead Rise, it's not present or put really pushed it's not really a central point to the movie yes they're in hellraiser even in my review there's like yes uh where i saw it if it's the same easter egg that sasha's trying to point out there's an audio bit in if not audio it's when they show the diary in hellraiser um it's either audio or in the diary in hellraiser in it diary. says it could take um the the priest or priestess could take any form oh no the and diary goes I, into a little bit more explicit detail I, one of the big present priestess was that I, they I, wanted to be female it's uh, i i might have mi missed that expert but i saw that it could take any form be any form right and i saw that as a when i saw that on on screen when i watched it i saw it as a way of them explaining Going from Doug Bradley to this new person. 
Right. And that's how I saw it. And I saw it. That's a one. And in my head, in my, I think I said in my review, that's a wonderful way of acknowledging Doug Bradley and transitioning to this whole thing with the priestess. And that way they're t- taking nothing away from the, at Original. least the first two original films and having this. And again, the woman that played the priestess in Hellraiser had, again, big shoes to fill with Doug Bradley. Have you seen Sense8? It's a series no. on Netflix. Jamie Clayton is a central character in that. But so I'm saying she had, uh, she had she had big, with Doug Bradley, she had big shoes to fill. Right. When somebody makes a character legendary, uh, it's just like uh, somebody trying to fill uh, Freddy Krueger's shoes. Uh, Robert England made that role iconic and legendary. I'm not gonna. It, it's big. Sh- With what's his he name? Made it I- Kruger. I, I the recent Kruger. He was good. The movie was just not done right. I'm just saying. Um, Robert England made the character larger than life. Right. Big, it's kind of hard to feel when somebody makes a character larger than life. It's a hard sh- um, shoot. Big shoes to fill and hard to come out of that shadow. And the actress that played the priestess did a bang-up job filling those shoes. Did she come out of that big shadow? Uh, I want to say maybe not, but she did fill that shadow. She made that role her own. And I was proud of that and... Evil Dead Rise, there is no Easter egg like that. They don't go into the detail that Danny is or isn't trans. They don't go right. into what treatment either the actor or Danny may have been. Because it wasn't necessary to the plot. And and it's not like right. Danny's shirt got ripped open and we saw bindings. So right. it's like, get over it. It's not essential to the plot. Big whoop. And it's an R-rated movie, so how is it encouraging kids I mean, if your kids right. are watching R-rated movies, let's have a whole other discussion. You know what I mean? No, that, 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 that's the thing. That, that's the thing. I, I saw a post on granted Twitter. I'm trying to get back into Twitter. Uh, but someone saying that he, he's a, 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 he runs a horror streaming, like a hard podcast, stri- straight up. And he tends to curse a lot. I think the person behind it is a he. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But he was stating that someone posted a comment on one of his videos said it, the video came up and you they were watching the video with their their child and why did he have to say a curse word my child was present and he was like his reply was one i'm a horror podcast there's going to be cursing it's not made for kids mm-hmm. so at your own pretty much at your own risk. And my reply to him was, I get you and I understand. But then again, when I was 10 years old, 11 years old, I was watching the horror. <laughs> I was watching Evil Dead. I was watching uh, DC. It uh, wasn't so much DC Cab is not a horror movie, but it's R-rated. And pretty much there's uh, there was cursing throughout the movie. And it's one of the, the only roles that you have see Mr. T himself cursing up a storm. So 
it's still i was watching r-rated movies when i was like 10 11 years old so it it was the 80s our Um, rpg 13 was hard so uh, no rpg was hard uh case in point uh what was sheena sheena full frontal (laughs) watch wizards frontal pg (laughs) watch the animated wizards i have i have that on voodoo i gotta watch it but uh and it's like (laughs) and it goes all out it's like what the hell but anyways, um, to me, it's it's like R-rated movie. It's not central to the plot. You guys are trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. And if the person's trans, they're binding right. it anyway, so there's no molehill present. Get over it. Right. And this is one of the times that me and Sasha are on the same page and all that. Like that. And Sasha kind of knows how I can get sometimes a little bit. I could go, I could almost approach the conservative side of things. And that's where both me and Sasha disagree sometimes. And though we, we never disagree, get we talk it out. We, we, we talk. Get, but we have we respect each other's viewpoints a lot of times. And it's just, you know, tear each their own. And it's this one time that we agree. It's like, it's not there. It's, it's not, even yeah. if it was, it came out in the movie that, depending on how the context of it was in the film, I might have issues with it, but overall, I might say, yeah, uh, it just felt all out of place. But overall, it was still a good movie. Even this, finding it out now, after the fact, like my opinion of the movie still stands. It, it had no part of the film. It it didn't affect the film. I enjoyed myself, and still, of course, there's a chainsaw in it. You know? <laughs> Seventeen thousand gallons of blood. (laughs) If your children are watching this movie, and they're under the age of a certain age, and they don't have your permission to do it, you need to recheck your parenting. (laughs) Again, I stated before, and I'll say it again. I was watching horror movies. I didn't really get them, but I understood one factor when I was thirteen years old, going through puberty. Horror movies had tits. <laughs> and that's why when my movie gets made, and, uh, it's going to be blood-covered killer tits. <laughs> With teeth. And that's, that's going to be my whole aspect. <laughs> How'd you die? Slasher was woman and she was naked. Okay, I'm cis. All right, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, 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 so you're the guy in Leprechaun too who thinks he sees tits and walks into those lawnmower blades. Yeah, I'd be. I, I, that would be my dumbass. You know? Get ready to How get motorboated. Oh uh, yeah, I was going to motorboat some tits, but I was under a hallucination spell and I didn't realize it was double bladed lawnmower. What you've caught like the reverb from your voice a little bit though? Like, man, I'm starting to sound like Darth Vader. The closer I get. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think <laughs> but it would have to be a good uh, uh, by the way I work my current 9 to 5 I teach folks how to toss axes and when they get the axes in the handle I'm like listen do not bring in the fae we, they're like what uh, leprechauns, elves, gnomes, fairy uh, that sort of thing and by the way speaking of leprechauns we don't want them in this bar they drink too much they try to make deals there were there were seven at least seven movies made about 
the trouble le- leprechauns can bring. Two one of them which was space. occurred in two the hood. Were in the hood, and one was in space. <laughs> no good comes of this. This no good comes with this. And my boss doesn't give me any arm to get them out of here. Not the to mention the change every movie, movie though. <laughs> or glass time won't work this time. <laughs> Oh, anyway, but yes, let it go. Anyway, it's nothing. Let it go. It's right. a good movie. Go watch it. And if you can't deal go with that, go 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 cry about your Bud Light and leave. Let the rest of us enjoy beer movies and stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's it. Hold it. I hope that's not Bud Light in a sippy bottle. That would be hilarious. Uh, I, I that's another post I saw up on Twitter because they showed a uh, uh, someplace selling it for like. Four bucks. There's like three fifty, four dollars with tax, and though I'll put it like this, though I may understand why some folks are boycotting Bud Light. I said understand, and that's mean I'm supporting it. It was one can, one one can. One. One. Uh, uh, some of the folks that I heard, uh, so, some ultra right conservatives. Have took it way too far. Some of the concerns I heard that were closer, maybe closer to the center, were saying that because the person's audience was majority of kids, is why they went up in arms. Uh, I think they need that's, to again. That's that, what I because uh, that's what do. that's what I was hearing. Because technically, um, Instagram and Facebook and most social media. In their bylaws, you need to be 18 to use it. And if your kid has an account on Instagram or TikTok or any of these other places, you're a bad parent. But uh, again, that's some of what I know those movies, Megan's missing. Yeah, you're living it. (laughs) But the the sign for the 24 pack of beer was like 350 plus you have to pay tax. Mm -hmm. I was like, listen, I might not drink Bud Light, I might not, you know. Uh, be fully supportive. You know, if you want to protest and you want to boycott Bud Light, that's your prerogative. But you know what? Four bucks. If I, I'm, I'm po, I'm po, I'm broke most of the time. Four bucks for a twenty-four pack of beer that will last me about six months. I'm buying that. <laughs> well, this is I'll what I buy think is Bud funny. Because people I know who are protesting it over, I'm always like, number one, you know me. Number two, here's a long list of all the beer companies that support people like myself every Pride. And number three, here's my address where you can send it to me. I will dispose of it for you properly. <laughs> my also, my, my aspect is like, yeah, you know that uh, you hate, oh yeah, you hate Skittles or M&Ms during Pride Month because they're being supported of the LGBT. Give them to me. <laughs> One, they see they're just trying to get extra money during a month. Yeah, and one that's month. all it is. And they go back one month, month. One month. One month. They're trying to placate do people in the LGBTQIA one plus community. One month. Buy M and M's year round. Yes, but if they put a rainbow flag on the package sales go up a little bit during that month but you want to know as well uh, i could also turn around and turn to someone like sasha and say guess what they're not doing on their accounts in the middle east or in china 
where or in Russia where LGBTQIA being that as they're not doing it. So it, that's it's, why every it's June, a money grab. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'll take certain evil corporations like the Umbrella Corporation or Wayland Utani or Skynet, and I will throw <laughs> it up in rainbow colors. Engine, but <laughs> either way, uh, pretty much what I'm doing drinking in here right now is off-brand Mountain Dew. So diet uh, Mountain Dew. But yes, just let it go. Evil Dead Rise is a great movie. Just it, 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 it. Look at all the blood. If the trans person bothers you that much, they die about, what, well into an hour into the film? Right. Get over it. But anyway, yeah. uh, speaking of horror movies, um, you did see Scream 7, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. It Overall, it was decent. Did I kind of see it coming? Um, maybe, maybe not. When uh, I saw but... that the roommate, the actress's name, that is the one roommate, the, what did she call herself? Sexually was she related the, was... or something? Because they referred to her as kind of a slut, and she's like, oh, I'm sex positive. daughter? Yeah, I'm, sex I'm sex positive. The cop's daughter? Well, well, that's the in cop's real life, they're, they're actually father and daughter. And uh, that, to me, that. was clue one. And I was like, well, we have a father and daughter here. This is going to be a family affair, ain't it? Now, it threw me when they said that she was dead. And then I was like, yeah, but I didn't see a body come out in a sheet. And not only that, he's a cop. And it would be real easy to have people look the other way. And I'm like, the kid dressed up for murder party because that was the outfit that he wore in the beginning of the movie with the little night cardboard night outfit, straight up murder party right. reference. And I was like, I bet the other one's the really quiet, awkward kid who just wants to get laid. Because let's be frank, aside from the first trilogy of Scream movies, most of the killers have been people who have just been trying to get laid. And with Kirby being in the film and the one really dorky... um. Uh, what's Kevin McAllister's last name? But McCalkin. The one McCalkin brother being huh. in that uh, Scream 4, it was kind of like, hmm. He was dorky trying to get laid and sleep with Kirby, who's a returning character in this one. I wonder if the new dorky guy is also a killer. So I was pretty spot on with it. That to me seemed a little bit granted. I won't say, I, it's not really cash grant, but it, it played a lot like it had a lot of the point for point that one had it had a lot of point for point that sequel had when they were in college and it just okay because there's three killers in that one too yeah yeah it was, it was just like they're paying off the original it, and they're and it being kind of self-aware they're kind of it's i just looked at it i was like meh i it just lost it you know it just where it was uh it being this was six where it was kind of revolutionary back in maybe second or third film. Now three films past that it's kind of all just passe. You're just rehashing the first three. It's like, of course there's going to be red herrings. Yes. There's going to be a surprise twist. Good chance. Most of us are going to see it coming. God, why are we watching this again? 
But you know what we're going to see in the next one, right? Because it was hinted at yet again heavily in this one. Oh, what? You didn't catch it? Uh, I might not. I was kind of paying attention and yet not paying attention. Well, first and foremost, if you paid attention to a lot of the marketing prior to this movie coming up, like the big deal was, ooh, it's in New York City. Um, They did posters done up like subway lines. And each subway line was either one of the killers and the others were one of the victims or, you know, people who were killed. And, like, it was funny because, like, when certain terminals were closed, they were the killed off people. There was one terminal of a killer that wasn't closed off. And do you know which killer that was? Uh, The brother? No. It was all the way back to the beginning, my friend. So, here's the thing about having a TV dropped on your head. Do you know how many people actually died of heavy CRT TVs being dropped on their head and being electrocuted? That were over the age of 15? Two. No, zero. Most of them were kids because they got crushed by the CRT. None were electrocuted. So, it has been a long, firm belief that Stu Mocker, and it's been hinted at in all of the movies since, number one, that Stu ain't dead. And in fact, when they walk, when they go into the murder museum, they see the TV, and somebody's like, oh yeah, that's the TV that killed Stu Mocker. And what does our movie film buff say? Yeah, you believe he's dead. And the original script for Scream 3, it was going to be a cult. And guess who was the head of the cult? Stu Mocker. Stu Mocker. And so rumor has it that we're building up to maybe an eighth or a ninth movie where we get Stu. And I'm like, ooh, because that could be real interesting. Because think about it. I mean, you know, the whole line of peer pressure, I didn't kill anybody. How are you going to prove that he did or didn't? There's no physical yeah. evidence, and they know for certain that Billy did screw some people up. And that he could say, oh, I was manipulated, I served my time, there's no evidence that I killed anybody. He could be out on witness protection, helping people solve the crimes. You never know. And that'd be a great way to bring it, but that's just my personal weird theory on it. Um, but I enjoyed the movie. Did you catch the end credit stinger, which I thought was fucking hilarious? I tried to on the platform I was watching it on, it kept kicking me out to for another film. If you go when it was going if you're on HBO Max or Paramount, you have to when it tries to kick you out, you go back to the little box that's showing the credits. And it couldn't I was watching on my tablet. It wouldn't oh, let me do that. That sucks. But um there's an in credit stinger and it's hilarious because it's very self referential because again that comes from our movie critic. Our, our, our movie buff, and she basically says at the end of the film, not every movie needs an end credit stinger. And I'm like, yes! Because <laughs> I could see Randy Meeks doing that had he had survived, you know what I mean? Right. And to me, it was, it was good. We get to see Jenna Ortega's character kind of evolve a little bit as a, there was character development, you know? Because you had the one sister dealing with the fact that, hey, Billy's my dad. Billy Loomis is my dad. 
And then she's eventually at the end of it. I think she tells the the cop at the end, don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer, you know? And then, um, you know, Jenna Ortega shows that she's got a little bloodlust too. And she pretty much texts, you know, virgin boy <laughs> with the knife in the face. I mean, it went hard, like the door kill and that opening kill. Like I will say it was very original because I didn't see that coming. I was like, with the with the 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 killers that kill off um the the blonde chick the teacher yeah and then the killer gets killed that was like wait that was yeah that that just that's that was that was pretty different because i didn't see that one coming a lot and i did like the whole line of fuck the movies and i'm like yes you know stop being focused on the stab series so I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope eventually, because it, it's a huge fan theory, and I know they want to avoid that expectation, but at some point, they, they got to give in to fan service. I, I would love to see a scar uh, uh, Matthew Lee. There's going to be fan theories no matter what, no matter what they do, and there's going to be fan back, backlash no matter what. But if, if they could bring back Stu as a killer, I would be ecstatic. Now, granted, do I want him to do it the next movie? Hell no. Nine or ten. Nine or ten. That's your big one-two punch. And in order to deliver that properly, you need to off. Um, oh, what's her name? Yeah, you can't for something Book like that, you if they do choose to do that, you can't do it with in the next movie. You have to wait. Yep. Skip, you have to wait. Yeah, you, you can't do it in seven. You have to do it the earliest eight. And I would say, like, to do it properly, your opening kill has to be Sydney. And it has to go hard. And if not new. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Halloween Resurrection, we we, we kill Jamie Lee Curtis right off the bat. No, I'm talking something intense, and that needs to be your first murder. Where it's like, fuck what you knew before. We're done with that. And to me, that'll show clout. Because, hell, if she does show up in the next movie, um, because Nev Campbell did get offered by, I think it was like um, Kohl's or one of them other major department stores, or like they literally said to um, Dimension or New Line or whoever puts out the screen films, I guess Paramount, was like, hey, you know, we will pay Nev's salary, whatever she wants to be in the next movie, as long as there's a scene with her school shopping at Kohl's with her kids. And I'm like, that's awesome. It's like, how can you not turn that, you know, turn that down, work it in somehow? Coming out of, coming out of coals or, you know, having coals in the background or something like that. That's not, you know. I think that would be rad, you know. And to me, it, it would be, it would be screwed up to kill her in front of her kids. Yeah, like I said, if even if she had a Coles bag, it's like, what happened? It was like, where you know, him or her, Campbell coming out, you know, coming home, and she puts a Coles bag yeah. on the table, pulling out one of her shirts, you know, at least that, you know, something like that, a shirt, maybe even one of her brand shirts or something like that, you know, or a Coles brand, I forgot what they're called. I, even though I used to, working for Coles was like, uh. Yeah. 
But oh, uh, gee, uh... did you catch the moment where, um, for some reason, I can't think of her name, the reporter chick played by Courtney Cox? What's her name? Escapes me at the top uh, of my head. Yeah. But anyways, like, there's a scene where they bring up Sydney Prescott, and they mention that they further submit that Sydney got married to the cop character from Part Three, because they mention his name again, and I'm like, she if she does show up, he better be in the next movie as her husband, because that's like the second time they brought his name up. I mean the goofy. Cop. No, not Dewey, the other cop. Because remember, the other one takes uh, place in L.A., and there's a detective that's really investigating her. Because he's like, logically, based on how this stuff works, you would probably be a killer. Um, But I just love the whole scene that he has with her where she, she basically... Because at the end, they're having popcorn with Dewey and Reporter Chip um, and watching a movie. And when Dewey proposes at the end of three... But there's a scene literally in that movie, and I've always loved the character because Sydney asked him, well, what's your favorite scary movie? And his immediate response as a, 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 a homicide detective, my life. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> You'll have to watch three again. There's good moments in it. It's worth it. Um, I might anyways, have to revisit. So Matthew Lillard... Being Stu Mocker, that brings us into the next thing. Um, now, I'm quite sure you've seen One Night at Willie's, right? Or what, what was it? Willie's right, Wonderland? right. Willie's Wonderland. Wonder Nick Cage film, wonderfully Let's done. Word just destroys animatronics the whole time and cleans the arcade. Right. And according to, depending on who you believe, I think it's factual that he wanted to be a part of it, but he didn't want to have a speaking role as a part of it. Something along those lines, but still, he played. He did it perfectly. I, I just love the fact that he took breaks. He didn't care what was going on. It's like, yeah, it, time. It's like it's, and, and even the the animatronics are like, what the hell? <laughs> it was back in the back place. Yeah, pinball, yeah, right, so they're all, are done, and they're like, the the hell? He just like just wanders off. Yeah, pops open a you know, like a Red Bull and just starts drinking. And plays and everybody's like ball and just. But yes, great movie that was potentially one of the many attempts to kind of adapt Five Nights at Freddy's, the better one of the two so far. Because before we got the announcement recently that, yes, we're getting a Five Nights at Freddy's movie um, brought to us by Universal. I think Blumhouse is involved. I could be wrong. Um, I'll have to rewatch the teaser. It's only 48 sure. seconds. Um, looks like Josh Dumel is the security guard in this from what I'm seeing from the uh, trailer. Um, but, you know, we do get a brief one shot of Matthew Lillard and he's dressed up 80s style and he's apparently playing William Afton, who, if you're familiar with the games, is the central villain known as the purple guy or, um, you know, Golden Bonnie, who is a trap suit. Um, that comes up in later games where it explains what happened to William Afton and why now in Five Nights at Freddy's The Game Part 4 that William Afton is still around because um, he got trapped in the Bonnie suit, the locks locked in and kind of drilled him into the suit permanently. And The thing is, I don't, I'm familiar that it Five Nights, Five Nights at Freddy's was a game. I think it was a, started out as what, a mobile game. Yes. Um. The reason why I was familiar with it 
a little bit that it was out. Um, I know very little of the lore or very the lore little of it. It is heavy. Um, my touchings of that lore uh, has been through um, Matt Pat and video game theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a good summary. That, for it. And that's, uh, I've watched a couple of his videos in regards to him theorizing in regards to the Five Nights and Freddy games, but not the whole run. So I, I enjoyed those videos, but I wasn't really paying attention to it because I didn't really play the games. Simply so, put, I know it's like games, you play as a security sick. guard. You're either watching one of the restaurants or a closed version of the restaurants or a haunt built around the remains of one of the restaurants. Um, later sequels involved other things. Um, my kid is recently playing through some of them. Um, the most recent one being on PS4 and PS5. I think they just have a teaser trailer for the latest um, like free DLC for it called Ruination, which kind of adds a new story element which they're excited for. Um, but anyways, like the simple plot is, is like there was a place like showbiz pizza slash Chuck E. Cheese's where one of the owners slash workers worked there and was killing kids and putting them inside the animatronics to hide the bodies after killing them. Now there's a whole murder revenge plot involving the two creators of the restaurant, which were William Afton, the killer. And then I can't think of the other guy's name. I know my kid's probably online screaming at me at the moment. Why don't you remember Mama Zosh? You know, but um, anyway, um, because of that, of course, the animatronics are haunted. You also have this killer that now seems to be an unstoppable undead killer that keeps coming back, a.k.a. kind of like Jason, but with supreme intelligence. Uh, Let me just so, interrupt you there for a moment, Sasha. Yeah. Folks at home, if you're watching this, please yell at Sasha in the comments saying, "Why don't you know Mama Sasha?" Hashtag Mama Sasha. Why don't you know Mama? <laughs> Put Sasha? it in the comments down below. If this video ever get, if this video ever gets up on YouTube, oh, it'll get there. It'll get there. But anyway, um, with the whole series, it's just a scare like kind of thing. But what's great about it is it's a series that doesn't tell you the backstory or push the backstory on you and the early games you got to pick it up as you play along which i always thought was kind of cool you'll you'll see newspaper clippings you'll pick up certain things but the story's not directly relayed to you because in the game obviously five nights at freddy's you gotta survive five nights you know you gotta get through from i want to say it's like midnight until six in the morning again kid probably screaming at me what? <laughs> I'm getting something wrong somewhere. But you got to survive from when this shop closes until they open up again in the morning. Because apparently they are like, yeah, at night the animatronics get a little twitchy and sometimes they're not where they're supposed to be because they're operated by an AI, but you later find out some of them are haunted. And it's a very complex plot. You know, basically Chris said it best. Um, Matt Pat from Game Theory really gets into detail on it. So if you get a chance, um, you've got a long watch list. Yeah. Though personally, I would Matt say Pat. when it comes to Matt Pat, um, watch, of course, the most terrifying video he's ever done on uh, Legend of Zelda's Hookshot. I always thought that one was fun. 
Because yes, it would kill you. He, he has a lot of good, he has a lot of good videos <laughs> out. He, I think he I think he really sold recently sold one of his channels. I'm not sure to who, but uh, that's probably a different discussion for a different time. But still, Matt Patch, one of the bigger YouTubers out there. He's got like a half dozen channels out there. He's got food theory, style theory, movie um, movie theory, game theory, food theory, style theory, and maybe one or two others or something like yes. that. He is, has a lot of a lot of stuff. But he got his start in gaming. And he helped a lot of other, like, theorists that are out there. Like, my favorite, um, a guy named Austin. I feel terrible. I can't think of his channel name. But he, most of his videos are titled The Science of, and most of them, The Science of Fallout. Because he likes to focus right. on Fallout. Like, for example, like, he did one on laser weapons. And he starts every video with that, like, dramatic, like, don't. Da, 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 da. And he's typing up a letter. He's like, "Dear Bethesda, hi." It's I think I've seen that. I Austin. think I've seen some of his videos. <laughs> and your laser make no goddamn fucking sense. And <laughs> <laughs> I like his videos. I like uh, there's another person I subscribe to. He's he does a lot of things scientifically as well. Uh, he's always like in. It's obviously screen screen green screen. He's like in a bunker, he'll explain why certain things, how the science of warp drives, science of volcanoes, and how it affect how science um sci-fi gets it right, wrong, so forth and so on. It's very entertaining. I gotta pull it up and it's there are many YouTubers out there that kind of do a lot of the same thing and they're very entertaining. Uh, what I'm talking about used to be and educational. The one I'm talking about used to be part of Nerdist for a long time. Then he kind of branched down on his own channel. So, in fact, the guy who does the science of videos, he did this like machinima animation based on the Fallout game engine, where it's a fully acted out like thing where he voices very much akin to sounding like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool a psycho who is just this drug-addled fiend, and his adventures through the wasteland of Fallout 4, and just some of the crazy bug shit, like, stuff that he brings into it. Um, he even has, like, another YouTuber that does a lot of the lore of Fallout, where they talk about the lore and history of Fallout, and yeah, it, it, it's hilarious. Like, there's this one scene where, where they wind up with Hello Kitty power armor. And I could not stop laughing for hours. <laughs> uh, two side notes. Uh, one is the, like the one I was talking about. He did the science behind Silver. Because mm -hmm. uh, at the time that one came out, it was like 2020 and The Witcher. First season of The Witcher came out. And he was talking about how like, the reason why Silver could have been use came into mythology as a way to kill or unalive depending on which platform you want to go on where neither me or sasha make any money off this stuff anyway but the reason why silver was used for getting rid of vampires werewolves and so forth and so on is because it's antibacterial and it was that and i saw that video like two or three months prior to me going to the hospital in 2020 and when the, the nurses and doctors were like, yeah, we got to put um, so a little bit of silver silverine on uh, your uh, the wounds to help heal it because I had abscesses. I'm like, 
back of my neck and shoulders and head. And they said, you know why silver and silver, uh, silver lean, we use that. I said, yeah, I watched a YouTube video explaining that in regards to why the Witcher has a silver sword and, and the origins of that legend. They're like, what, what? How do you like? How do you know? It's like well, they explain that because silver has antibacterial properties to it, therefore they incorporate it into legends and so forth and so on. That's why I was like, hey, yeah, cool. Like colloidal silver or colloidal, I always, but it's basically like a liquid type of silver, not mercury. Don't go right. drink a mercury; that'll kill you. But colloidal silver, you can actually ingest it. And there are people who have implemented it into their diet so much that they have turned blue like they have been permanently dyed blue from having that much silver in their system uh let us uh i'm sure sasha can agree with me in regards to that if you choose to go that route please see uh, consult your physician uh, general practitioner your general uh, physician because you there is that chance of if you take certain vitamins and minerals you can o- literally yeah, overdose so. Yep, and damage yourself. Uh, the two vitamins you can kind of sort of overdose on is B and C because your body easily processes those two vitamins directly out of your system. Uh, beyond that, if you take too much A, uh, uh, A, K, or other supplements, you can easily overdose. Or you uh, can if turn you go blue. Too far over, you're not or under you like three blue. or four feet high. Blue is not a good look. But for the most part, if you're the kind of person that takes a one a day vitamin, you're not gonna you're not gonna overdose. But it it's one of those things. It doesn't hurt, but it doesn't help help either. But either way, see your medical professional in regards to it. And if you do things that way, follow the recommendations. And, and so if we don't spouse want spouse is taking too many prenatal vitamins. That's your fault. You're the one who gave her the parasite with your sexually transmitted disease. Werewolfism? <laughs> you know, there is a movie where you can catch that through sexual transmission. Uh, yeah, I know. That's why I made the reference. Ginger uh, Scouts, uh, the I things post- you learn. The, watching movies, the things you learn. And that at that point when I watched it, I was like, well, if life and life don't call me, in essence, werewolfism, can be considered a sexually transmitted disease. So is vampirism. Now can vampirism be considered? Yes, because it's fluid exchange. Some fo- uh, it it depends. And one of the folks I talked to, like, well, it depends. Did they, when was the last time they actually drank blood? Because if they're dr- literally dry and haven't drunk anything for a while, then in essence, they're not going to they could possibly, whether or not they're able to get aroused, may depend on if they fed recently mm. and had intake to kind of. But again, it all depends on the which side of the war you want to talk to. And also, if, if we dip into stirogies, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Read the strength. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the actual war for a lot of stuff is weird and fascinating too. Yeah, culture. It's interesting. Culture. But anyways, like Five Nights at Freddy's. I mean, being a child of the 80s, having gone to places like Chuck Cheese, animatronics were a big deal, you know. 
Um, yeah, yeah I, having I, seen the tra- the trailer, having it be in that eighty style mm-hmm. uh, and feel, the employee it, education it, video, right? And it made me intrigued to watch to see the FNAF film mm-hmm. um, and to kind of give folks at home out there a little bit of context. The reason why we got uh, the Willy's Wonderland and we got the Banana, Banana Splits, splits uh, and amongst a few others is because they were trying to get FNAF made and somehow... Well, it wasn't so much that. It's a little bit more complicated because Scott Cawthon, ever, just... ever since it took off, he's been very protective about what and how the movie's done. Now, one thing I like about Universal and Blumhouse is they respect creators. And so with Scott saying, look, my fans are going to want this to look and feel a certain way. And if it don't, they're not going to see it. And every studio he went to and every studio that optioned it, like if he wasn't happy, he let them know I can pull this at any point. And so you had a ton of studios that had a ton of pre-production work done, especially on the faux animatronics, like Warner Brothers with Banana Splits. They had a ton of stuff already done. And now Scott's like, I'm not happy. I don't like what you changed in the script. I don't know what you're doing here with these effects. I'm out. And I'm taking my rights with me. And he kept that option. And so finally to see this, because they announced the movie in 2015, it's been eight years since basically as long as my show has been around yes you know so, it has it, it it's been basically been pushing for the last eight years in fact the comic-con you and i were at um one of the artists that was there uh Saproxy, uh they actually were famous for doing a lot of fnaf art um and that's why they were at the con because they were getting a lot of internet interest for the art that they were doing even though they're very backwards. A whole mom tried to steal the show from them the whole time, but that's a whole other story and separate mess we can get on some other time. Yes, the idiots I have to deal with. But anyway, uh, what was the the convention that this person was at? Was it this past year's? No, um, Winsboro. They're at the skating rink. Oh, at the skating rink. Oh, that the far very back. first time we met. Okay, okay. I didn't. I didn't know, but uh, that's why I was making clarification because. Uh, as the folks at home that have been watching or listening regularly know that the past two weeks have been a little bit stressful for me um, in regards to getting to events and trying to do content and all that. So yeah, it's been like, for me, but I'm starting to heal. So, <laughs> But it, it's been like, well, in that case, I should have, when you said it, it's like, did I miss somebody in this year's, you know, fourth date? I yeah, should have no, no. you know, been speaking. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, uh, a little bit of self-plugging, if I may, Sasha. Folks at home, if you're listening to this, uh, stay tuned over the next uh, – since June is our official kind of quasi-birthday month, even though our first official release of Long Coat Mafia podcast was like June 11th, I s- tend to celebrate in June going into July. I might be starting to toss up some bonus episodes in regards to – uh, celebrating that birthday month. So stay tuned for a lot of that. I might even include our first episode that we had with Sasha in that because our audio episodes, whether it be app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, they only go back 90 episodes. So a lot of our, our older content 
dating back from 2015, 2016 is not listed on those platforms. Though you could go to Podbean and listen and using either going to the website or using the Podbean app, but which you're more than welcome to do. I'd rather or have that variety for all our listeners out there, no matter what. We're speaking of the listeners, you know, I I just want to humbly apologize to them and you. Um, It's been kind of a hectic week for me as well um, with the e-bike accident Fortunately, I didn't damage my head that much. All the CAT scans came back normal for me, whatever the hell that means. Um, But it's been a rough week between the biking accident, um, helping my boyfriend out with his apartment and trying to get it cleaned up and straightened up and everything maintained and up to spec. Um, And then just life in general. So it does take me a bit of time to get stuff out to YouTube. Um... For those of you who are listeners and are upset, I have an OnlyFans. Go check it out. Go, go. It's not all porn. There, there is some there if you want some, but it's not all that. It's mostly podcasts. Here's some weird shit that happened this week. I am on TikTok now, so I'm trying to get more content out, but things have been hectic and apologize millionfold. Um, but more content will be out on YouTube, but you get more content if you go to my OnlyFans. And I'm not begging for money or anything, but I, I have this habit of enjoying to eat on occasion, and this helps. And it also helps out with production of the show, and uh, also helps me get the movie running along at some point, because I'm going to be filming some sh- scenes in Carlisle next weekend. Um, so it'll be a new Princess of Darkness episode, plus some stuff that'll tease at the movie later on down the line. But it's coming. Uh, that's why I I ask you folks out there, it's like, though, I, it seems like I am begging for money with the GoFundMe and you're all not. that. You need it. I'm not. <laughs> um, though I could probably go through a pawn shop find in regards to a newish laptop. Uh, um, I ask that you at least help share the, the link. That if anything, if you want to donate, you're more than welcome to do so. You'll get a thanks from me. Uh, like today, this week, when we with that donation, you'll have a shout out on the show. Um, and plus, when you know I finally get new equipment in, I'll do a video thanking everybody in general and showing what I got. So it's it's just to help offset the cost because uh, personally, I know a lot of folks don't like to talk about funds. I make right now with my new job. I make under 10 grand a year. Yeah, my bills are getting paid, but when it comes to getting new equipment, you know, upgrade my equipment, get new equipment, it's kind of hard. Uh, and I don't want to beg and plead, but I'd said that I had to do the, the GoFundMe. So I am very grateful for those who do help. And it's just a matter of getting the word out. And it's sometimes it's this uh, disheartening to see some folks. Yeah, I understand grateful that, that it is shared that, and I understand that times are tough for everybody right now with inflation happening. And, and I'm the one of the main folks that say, take care of your own, start with yourself before thinking of some of the others, but uh, helping out others is there. If you, I know I have issues with some of the religious folks out there. I'm sure Sasha does too. Uh, If you are one of those folks that says, Oh, you got to help others. But yeah, I understand types of times of folk tight for a lot of folks, including uh, for me on my show, Sasha on hers. If you're one of those that are financially capable and all you're doing is share like and share, 
and yet you don't want to it, it does yeah it does but it's kind of like yeah i know you're you know uh there are times yeah i'll say this very kiddingly with humor there are times yeah i want to take um go to dc with a bucket with a old photo of my uh cutest pupper and just put like on the bucket saying help this dog out and just sit and during one of the protests see how much money i get um i know i shouldn't do that but you know it it's kind of ironic that a lot of folks will help a dog out before they'll help out or somebody else yeah. or a person. So you could either way and go, give me money or the dog gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Do the whole con air aspect just, or the South park, just get a stuffed bunny and go, give me money or the bunny gets it. <laughs> or, or better yet, I will eat one puppy every hour until my demands are met. <laughs> Or in regards to this show, give me money or the mask gets it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I have extras now. <laughs> I found You're supposed ball. to not say that. <laughs> You're not supposed ball. to say that, Sasha. I have a an all-black one with red eyes. I don't know how well that would show up on camera. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to say those things. You're supposed to be threatening, Sasha. <laughs> but anyways... You know, donate to Chris's calls because it helps a lot of people out. And like Chris yeah. has good content. Chris puts out content on the regular, you know, computers aren't cheap, you know, no. um, and stuff breaks down. Stuff happens, you know, let, um, folks, let me put it like this. Even though on the GoFundMe, I have a thousand dollars for a moderately on the low end, on the high end scale, if that makes sense. Meaning if I went to Walmart and got the highest performing computer that they had in stock, according to them, laptop wise, because I don't have the room and my, my place to have a desktop. I have to have a laptop that costs at minimum $600. Right. And yes, if I got a low end version, that means it's going to go way too due to updates and everything else. That lasts two years. That means in two more years, I'm going to have to get a new one. But even those are $300. And even a cheap high-end tablet won't help because right. uh, they, they run on basically either the Android platform or Apple's platform. And a lot of people that end, you can I, use on a computer you can't use on a phone or on I would a have to get the, uh, the Microsoft uh, tablet, and that runs $400. Yep. At least, um, Apple's tablet, iPad, that runs close to eight hundred dollars. Uh, if I'm going to spend f close to five hundred dollars to eight hundred dollars on a tablet, I'd rather just get a laptop. Yeah. This lap, this tablet that I have right here in my hand, cost me when I had the phones, cost me three hundred, close to three hundred dollars. It was like two fifty at Walmart, but. And I'd rather keep a tablet for tablet, and it's kind of hard to edit a lot of videos on tablets or edit audio on a tablet. I don't want to do that. I like using no, it's not fun a the, laptop. And the apps to use for those suck because you usually have to pay for them. And on a PC or a laptop, you can get them for free because they're operating on Windows. Or, or uh, cheap. I have uh, movie in essence, Microsoft's Movie Maker. I've spent like 10 bucks yeah. for it. And it has a lot of options I need. I'm not doing anything crazy. Uh, I know one YouTuber that 
I don't know if he still does it because he's on the go a lot of times. He edits a lot of his footage on his iPhone. Right. Because he's able to have uh, iMovie on his iPhone and it's free that way. How he's able to do that, I don't know because I have an iPod that I'm able to download that stuff with. And I'm like, how is he able to do this? I pinch thing. Uh, it's no. Give me my laptop. I'll, I'll do it on my la- damn laptop. Right. So. But anyways, donate if you can. Um, we both sound like we want to see the new FNAF movie. I hope it's good. Um, now, anything um, else we want to throw? How out much there? time we got left? How much time we got up? There? Not much, like 10, 15 minutes. Let's use it because I know you want to talk a little bit about our origins. Let's actually just save that for another episode. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, you know, a teaser, it, and we may have a guest next episode. Hint, hint, yeah, hint, hint. I got to work on that because uh, I guess we could talk about that. Uh, because uh, of things to Sasha, I have a new uh, kind of way to entertain myself. Uh, and one of the things that was big on Twitter and trending was Mutilator 2. And on before I even started my show, I got at a failed horror convention way back in 2008 i got to meet the cast uh the lead actor and actress the special effects supervisor and the the writer director and producer of the original mutilator at that show and i got a poster i got the tri- uh celluloid trailer and all that it was i was the only one in attendance and seeing that uh mutilator 2 has been made uh i followed them i spoke to them i'm Hopefully, if things work out, maybe have a, them as a guest on our show. Um, no, please, no guarantee, Sasha. Uh, no guarantee. I'll have to see. We'll do a um, <laughs> but we'll do a teaser just in case. But uh, I'll DM them, them, see if they're willing to be on a tiny uh, podcast and YouTube video aspect of things. And My audience has waited for five years for a Princess of Darkness movie. They may have to wait a couple more years. They're a pretty patient lot. So we'll, we'll see what happens and hopefully we'll get somebody on in regards to it. And let me just say this. When I shared the photo of having that trailer of that celluloid trailer and the original box uh, production company box with the uh, working title on the side. Uh, I got a gift comment, like shock, like jaw drop. And their response was like, Oh my God, how the hell did you get this? I was like, yeah, failed con. Like almost, right, place, right time. Right place. Right. I was the only one that showed up and it, it was a guest. It was a gift. And it was like, I hope they were like, I hope you're keeping that safe. I'm like, yeah. Uh, when I moved to my current location, I put it in a slightly larger box and that slightly larger box, I pretty much same way I mummified your Xbox. You know, I, I, I taped it up. I, you know, first it was electrical tape. Then it was shipping tape. Then it was duct tape. And, you know, it's as waterproofed as it's going to get. I might actually go into my storage and get some, uh, when I get extra funds, get some of the, uh, uh, rubberized spray that you see that you know spray it with rub you know liquid rubber so it stays waterproof and airtight and it's not going to see the light of day ever ever if it if I do if it does it's going to be somebody that I trust that is a film historian that will want to literally keep it and restore it nice and safe and it has to be trusted 
trusted, trusted, and and have the credentials that they're not going to wreck it. Or if I went to DC, like somebody in the Smithsonian level of being a historian that they know what to do, that sort of thing. If Sasha can understand it, so. But either way, as we like to say here, you know, creep it real, take scare, and you know, keep cool. And uh, unpleasant screams, and we'll catch you next time. And I'm a gamer. I'm wearing a bikini. Woo! To the Long Coat Mafia. Capish. Hello everyone, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the reboot slash repost episode. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, you can always send them my way at our email, which is longcoatmafia at gmail.com, or post them in the uh te- the pinned post on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the Long Coat Mafia Podcast. All the links are in the description down below. And just to let you know, this is the after show. And with the after show, a lot of what I am about to say or do say uh, is updates, my opinion on everything because when they are posted up on our Podbean account differ slightly at times, so a lot could happen between 
then end this recording. So I'm going to give you a couple of updates or my opinions on those updates as so be it. So just wanted to let you all know that now. All right. Yes, ladies and gentlemen and fellow mafioso goons out there. That was our stock cut and paste after the episode lead into whatever comments, questions, updates, smart-ass remarks that we might have at the end of the show after we get the audio from Sasha herself. herself. But right now, we don't have any of that. Just that, again, once again, we would like you for, for all of you out there to help us with our GoFundMe campaign. And if you cannot, once again, if you cannot help us monetarily or donating we ask you to share this in this episode to share the link to subscribe it helps us out the more people that share this out share the link good chance we'll have more people that will will be willing to help out the show and offset our costs in regards to getting that new equipment new ish equipment or uh just getting additional stuff for the show to help us on our road to cure burnout and get this reboot slash repost stuff off the ground and have more content out there for all of you to enjoy. Thank you once again for listening. I'm the Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman and frontman and main host of this show on this end of things. So take care. I'm out. Also, stay tuned for... Any and all uh, bonus episodes that might come out over the next month or so. Because it, it is starting our anniversary month. So who knows when our anniversary hits on our our end. We might do something special on Sasha's end in regards to celebrating that month. Who knows what we'll have. So stay tuned ladies and gentlemen. Again, I'm the Martinsburg Madman aka the Reverend Godfather or the Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, the show's main host and frontman. So, again, later, this time, I mean it. You've been listening to the Long Coat Mafia Podcast, the Internet's most hated and mafia-themed geek podcast. I'm a gamer, and I'm wearing a bikini.